0: You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, everybody, Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On at Nationals podcast. Today is Friday, February 26th, 2021. On the show today, Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington joins me. We discuss a whole bunch of things. It's a two-part show first part we talk all things pitching starting rotation and bullpen for the Nats so we've got some interesting thoughts on uh, the Nats starting situation how they might use Brad Hand in the bullpen uh, where they can get stronger and a whole lot more thank you guys will really enjoy part one here today all right cool we'll go it's what it's Wyrick right Wyrick yep yep cool all right we'll go in three two and one all right, a fun Friday edition here of the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. Joining us once again on the show, Matt, how are you?
1: Pretty good, Josh. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, it's always good to chat with you. And it's funny, I'm, you know, I was speaking to Maria Torres, who is kind of a new guest colleague, you could say, in the in the D.C., you know, in the, in the Nats universe. Mm-hmm. And it's always fun to get the perspective of people who are just coming in, right? You, how long have you been covering the Nats for?
1: Well, I've been, you know, I uh, grew up in the area, so I've been following right. them since they came to D.C.
0: Right. So, and, and, you know, same here. And, you know, obviously we get we get into covering them. And so, you know, we kind of get, I guess, it, it's nice to have outsiders' perspectives on, mm. on things. And the thing that, that stuck with me from the conversation I had with her, we were talking about starting pitching. Um, and John, John Lester was kind of the one thing that we talked about where – you and I had talked earlier this off season about what the Nats could do about that fourth starting spot. And I think you and I had bigger ideas than John Lester, if that makes sense. Right. Like, like, like I think you and I were talking mm-hmm. about guys like, you know, like Taiwan Walker. Um, I don't know if Drew, Drew Smiley had been snatched up at that point in time. I think Drew Smiley might've been a name that we floated, but they end up with John Lester. And so on the positives, I don't want to just bury him here. Um, a lot of the guys have been talking about like how excited they are to learn stuff from him. Is that something that you've been picking up as well throughout all these zooms that we've been watching?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, with a lot of these guys who are coming in on one year deals, they all talk about all of these pictures of someone, Oh, I want to pick their brain. I want to see how they work, that kind of thing. And, and Lester's definitely no exception there. You know, having the three rings just kind of gives him this aura. That's what how Davey described it today, mm-hmm. uh, an aura around him uh, that just makes him, you know, just kind of have this stature, that same stature that Strasburg and Scherzer have. So I think as far as, you know, career accolades go, you know, these guys look at Leicester in the same category uh, as you would Scherzer or Strasburg.
0: So, and there's and that's valuable. It's so valuable for all, especially some of the younger guys and, um, you know, there's stuff they can ask him specifically. But then I kind of get to the performance aspect of it. And for me, here's a problem is that, numbers wise he's heading in a certain direction he is 37 now and so numbers wise things are trending for him in the wrong way so back in 20 uh 2018 which is not that far off he had an awesome season 18 and 6 he had a 3.32 era and you know, he threw 181 innings then you go to 2019 4.46 era uh at 31, uh, 31 starts. And then you go to 2020, and I know he you know didn't make any as many appearances, but he still had 12 starts, and he had a 5.16 ERA. He's in in the categories of age and performance, he's trending in the wrong direction, and I don't know how many examples there are of guys who can kind of reclaim it at that at, at this stage, but to me, that's what concerns me: is that those numbers are not heading in the right direction, and he's 37 years old, like. I, I'm sure it could be stable, but I just, it was not as inspired choice as I think a lot of Nats fans would have wanted.
1: Yeah. You know, I I can understand the sentiment of wanting there to be a bit of a splash at the number four spot, but you know, I I think the big thing that the national two big things, the nationals are getting with Lester one, he came really cheap. You know, he was willing to accept deferred money. And the salary itself is, is, you know, pennies compared to what his counterparts are making the rotation. So that in and of itself, was important to them to to increase that financial flexibility. Uh, but the other thing I think is important is is he gives innings. You know, he, you say he's definitely trending in the wrong direction. And you're absolutely right. You know, the, the numbers definitely haven't been super encouraging. But if he gives the Nationals 32 starts with a four or five ERA, I would consider that a success, hmm. especially considering what they're paying him. At this point in his career and with what we saw with the Nationals last year where we had Corbin battling ineffectiveness and Strasburg out for the year and Scherzer kind of having to carry the load all of itself. It kind of was almost like the Nationals were just waiting every five turns until Scherzer came up and then in between there they were just having to fill with random guys I mean both you know he was quickly apparent that he probably shouldn't have the fifth starter job but after strasburg was shut down he stayed in the rotation and right. you know, kept on pitching you know giving him that era that he had so uh you know with lester the results might not be what strasburg scherzer and corbin are are at uh but he gives you just some stability that i think is pretty important for the Nationals at this stage because they're already paying Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin to right. be the aces, you know. And so if they've already put the eggs into that basket, so what they're just basically saying is, look, we're we 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 have our stars, you know. We could have gone and tried to sign a Corey Kluber and, you know, roll the dice on another player, but they already see it. You know, they're rolling the dice on three other guys Uh, in, in rather than, you know, add a fourth wild card to the mix. Why not try to find somebody uh, who can really just be dependable, give you innings, even if maybe they're not stellar, he's at least filling, you know, a spot in the rotation, every five uh, outings, going out there and giving you five, six innings of, you know, winnable baseball. Yeah, that's
0: the key because when you look across, and this is the this is the problem that the Nats also have is that they're in a division with two teams, who are dead set on trying to win the World Series. Um, there are no bones about it. The Braves and the Mets are here to win a ring, and the Nationals. They wanted to retool as much as possible, and I think, I think the one the, the one thing I, what I keep thinking about this roster is. They have to make it to the playoffs. And I think once they make it to the playoffs, like nobody wants to play them because they've got, I mean, the amount of pedigree on this team is on, is un- especially the rotation. Absolutely. I mean, there's what? There's six rings between the, the four starting or, you know, between all their starting pitchers, there's seven rings between the starting pitching they have, right? Four from mm-hmm. the, the guys surrounding. Uh, and there's, you know, one from the guy in, in, or three from the guy rather in the four spot. But I do not I don't know if they can compete. Like, I just don't know if they're going to be able to compete on a day-to-day basis with the Mets and the Braves. And I, I just start thinking about, you know, there's so few spots available because you think about it like this across the league, we think the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and then I think the Braves still should be the favorite in, in the, the, in the National League East uh, just because until somebody beats them, that, that that's where we're at. All right. The Padres and the Mets are the two other favorites for those playoff spots that leaves, I mean, you know, what does that leave you, right? What, what, how, there is there is effectively at that point, one spot left that you're battling for. Um, or, you know, I guess, it, you know, there's, there's that one spot that everybody's going to be fighting for, whatever. Um, you know, kind of that fifth spot, I guess you could say. So things really have to break right for them. And, and that's why I thought, you know as hard as it would have been to swallow that pill, you're going to have to spend some money if you want to compete because that's what everybody else is doing. There are no out of those four contenders or five guess five contenders. Nobody's going on the cheap. And that's kind of where I'm thinking, all right, I mean, do you want to contend or are you just trying to put something together that nets you maybe a playoff spot? And uh, because they're gonna to have to grab one from either the Padres, or the Mets. And I just, I don't know if I see that happening.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting. You know, the nationals going and getting all of these one-year deals. It it kind of shows that they are, they are all in on this season. This is certainly, they see themselves as contenders. And I think an underrated area of their roster that gives them an advantage over probably the rest of the division is their bullpen. I was going to say,
0: that's where you're going.
1: Yeah. With, with the state of the Phillies bullpen right now, it's a complete disaster. And, and, you know, even Archie Bradley is not is just a bit of a bandaid over, uh, you know, a lot of big question marks over there. The the Mets, you know, they they've got Seth Lugo, Edwin Diaz, Trevor May, uh, Aaron Loop. You know, it's a solid group. Del Matances, um but I don't know if that stacks up to Brad Hand, uh, Tr- Tanner Rainey, Will Harris, and Daniel Hudson, even Kyle Finnegan, and and. Wander Suero, you can throw into that group as well. And they just pick up Jeffress on a minor league deal. So, you know, the Nats, they look at themselves as being 15 pitchers deep, uh, where, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to be able to rely on a lot of these guys uh, to come up uh, and help out midseason. And and not even that, we haven't seen, you know, a, a lot of depth out of the Nationals pitching in the past few years but where they see themselves right now, you know, they have Ben Bramer and Seth Romero. uh, 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 What was his name? The guy they just signed Armin Teros who they see as a candidate to actually get the fifth starter job, but they see him in the mix with Eric Fetty, Joe Ross and Austin Voth as a guy who might be uh, able to take that from them. If he plays well enough in camp. Um, So they, they see their pitching depth better than it's probably been in the past few years. And I think they're right. Especially, Especially with guys like Jackson Rutledge and Cade Cavalli, probably within a year of of making the major leagues, and if you know they need to be rushed, you know there's an, definitely a possibility that one or both of them could see the majors this year. Cole Henry, who was their second round pick last year, another candidate as well. So I think where their pitching is at. They, they definitely need that those top three guys to, to perform, you know, Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin, they need those guys to be the aces that they they're supposed to be, that right. they're paid to be. Uh, but they see their pitching depth as, as in a better spot than, you know, the Mets better spot than the Braves, you know, the Braves obviously have a, a good rotation, but they're, they're, uh, bullpen lost Shane Green and Mark Melanson you know a couple of key pieces for them that they're going to have to replace and they they didn't make a a ton of moves uh, addressing the bullpen this offseason so you know I I think that's definitely an area where the Nats think okay like we're built for the 162 game season in our pitching Uh, it can stack up with anybody I guess the question now is do you think the, the lineup stacks up and there's definitely a case to be made that they have the fourth best lineup in in the division right now which is Maybe not where you want to be.
0: Quick pause for the cause here on the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place, the only place that we trust, the only place that has you covered for all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, NCAA basketball is going on right now. NHL is going on right now. Uh, MLB futures are available there. Go check it out at BetOnline.ag. Make your free account, uh, account, and upon your first deposit, if you use that promo code locked on, that's L O C K E D O N locked on, you guys will get a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit $100, bucks, use that promo code locked on, you'll get $50 extra to play with at betonline.ag. Once again, don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Go to betonline.ag, make that free account today, use that promo code locked on. To receive a 50% welcome bonus, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now, whether it's your classic daily driver or your work car to get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliable and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? You know, We sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. On the bullpen, so the Jeffress, I mean, to get a guy like that at at the price they got him that's an absolute steal. Yeah. And that's just kind of one of the themes of the offseason and I, I think it's what's going to affect a, a lot of what we see this season are going to be these, you know, easy acquisitions that teams made because of the circumstances that we're facing, you know, the value of, of a lot of players went down just because of the pandemic and and you know, players to play and so teams are willing to wait wait them out, wait them out and you get a guy like Jeffress on a, on an awesome deal like that. My question is this with the bullpen. If you go with Brad Hand at the closer spot, right, then there's really no other lefty you can Mm -hmm. bring in, right? A lot of their strong guys are all right-handed pitchers. Uh, You know, you look at obviously with Rainey and you bring in Jeffress and Harris and then Hudson, they're all righties. So I'm kind of curious with the bullpen configuration, would you put Hand as the closer or... Do you think maybe you say, hey, look, we can, you know, to give ourselves some more flexibility, see if there's another guy we can get in that spot because we got some options. Or would you just say, no, we know Brad Hand can close games. That should be the closer from day one. How do you think about that?
1: All indications coming from the nationals are that he's going to be moved around, depending on the situation hmm. they see. Well, it as a I, guy. I, and I
0: like that. I like that yeah, a lot.
1: I, I agree. And I, I definitely think, I mean, I think the closer role is overrated. I understand why players want it because saves traditionally have been what get you money. So mm-hmm. as, from a player standpoint, I understand why a player might demand to be a closer as opposed to doing something else. But as far as what is the best, possible uh strategy for winning a baseball game i think you're right you're using him in in multiple situations you can pitch him uh, against righties you can pitch him against lefties he can pitch in the ninth inning he can pitch in the eighth inning if you have their three best hitters coming up in the eighth rather than the ninth you can pitch him multiple innings he's kind of a going to be a swiss army knife for them and he's a lefty as an added bonus so you are right it's definitely a little bit worrisome for me just that they only have one lefty but i actually asked Davey about that yesterday and he told me I don't, you know, I see a lot of these right-handers as being able to get righties out, being able to get lefties out. Mm. Um, so I don't necessarily see it as, uh, you know, I have to get that second lefty in there. You know, they do have Sam Clay, uh, who they signed over the offseason. He was a, a minor league player in the Twins organization, but got a major league deal from the Nats, similar to how Kyle Finnegan was acquired last offseason. Right. They gave the same deal to him, uh, and they also acquired Luis Avilan in a non ron non-roster invitee type situation uh so he's in camp there as well two lefties that they see could make the, the roster but they'd have to have pretty impressive showings in camp right uh, and in the way the bullpen's shaping out right now it really only looks like there's going to be one spot available they might go with a shortened bench to start the year davy said he wasn't set on having an eight-man bullpen to start the season uh so that could be bumped up to nine and they go with a shorter bench at least to start uh you know i'm not it's going to be interesting i i think this is just a hunch, you know, I don't have anything on this, yeah. but I think that the, the fifth starter situation might not end up with a winner. It might end up with somebody, you know, we alternate back and forth, or you know, we have both Ross and Voth on the roster, and you know, one is always going to be ready to pitch on the day that the other is starting, and he will piggyback off the other, and you know, they can go back and forth depending on matchups and things like that. Um, that's a hunch, um, just from you know what we've been hearing, kind of reading between the lines of what Davey's been saying. So that's that's something to keep an eye on for sure. But yeah, I don't think the Nationals see it as imperative they have a second lefty on the roster, right. but. I I do think, you know, it's at least an important consideration because, you know, Clay will be in the minors and and Avilon. I'm not sure if he has an opt out, if he doesn't make the roster or not, but I would assume he does, given Mm -hmm. his veteran status. So uh, there's a chance they might go into the season with the only lefties on their 40 man roster uh, being Corbin, Hand, Clay. Ben Bramer and Seth Romero and they want Br- Bramer and Romero stretched out as starters. So that would make clay the only other lefty option in on the 40 man roster.
0: And I was going to say, I mean, you know, I think Bramer is the only other lefty that I know of that's on the actual roster. Mm-hmm. So that makes you, and, and we know like Romero, you know, for all the struggles he's had, that guy is meant to be a starting pitcher yeah. just with, you know, in college, if you watched him to that, that guy is supposed to be a starter uh, with his ability to, to use his velocity and use, you know, his pitch arsenal throughout a long period of time. That's where he's supposed to be. And also I, I love, I love what you're saying. I, I love the the thing from Davey is like, we've paid, we've paid now, you know, Brad hand the closer money. Your job is not to get us saves, though. Your job is to go pitch wherever we need you.
1: Win us baseball games.
0: And and that's why you know that's the Patrick. That's how Patrick Corbin was used, right? Mm-hmm. In the World Series, most notably, Patrick Corbin was used to win, effectively win baseball games, regardless of where you know the, the start needed to happen. No, it's it's whatever inning, whatever time we needed you. We we needed we put you in there. And so, um, and look, I think something else. I forget who said it, the. I think Max said it the first day watching Davy grow as a manager has been something he talked about and so now you know let's see that growth we put to the test right it's mm-hmm. going to be put to the test about you have all this you know there's not a, there's not a lot of excuses for mismanaging this bullpen I mean the bullpen's been bad in the, like last year good lord you know Finnegan yeah. and Rainey were found out of necessity right those weren't mm-hmm. guys that they planned on being good they were found out of necessity and so now they've mm-hmm. They, I mean, you know what Mike Rizzo has given him is said look you don't have any excuses anymore at the bullpen uh, it's it's locked and loaded for them and I think you're right about you know how it shakes up against the rest of the division
1: and Rainey's my pick to click this year I think he's going to jump onto the scene nationally uh, as one of the better relievers in baseball I think him in hand actually might end up being that tandem by the end of the season uh, as terms of who's getting close opportunities. Cause we, we saw some weird stuff out of Daniel Hudson last year. He, yeah. His strikeouts were way up. You know, he was, his results weren't there, but he was actually, it seemed like he was going for the strikeout more. He said he wasn't putting away hitters as well as, as he would have liked to, you know, he, he was a fireman. He was a guy who would get you the ground ball with, you know, runners on second and third to get you out of the inning that that wasn't what his identity was last year, which was just kind of strange to see. So I'm interested to see how he comes back from that. If he goes back to the kind of pitcher he was before, or if he, you know, continues to try to build off of 2020 as a new identity. And then Will Harris, you know, uh, I think he's been in a very effective reliever. And a lot of people kind of thought of him as having a down year last year. But if you look at the numbers, it really wasn't that bad. And then it's just a question of, you know, can he still do it? Cause he's up there in age too. I think he's 36 this year, 37, yes. something like that. 30 so
0: 37. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, he's up there uh, in age as well. So if he can keep it going, that's great. But I think, I think Rainey is going to be a big player and that's bullpen by the end of the year.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think he and hander, it's a great tandem at the back end that you could use, but I'm excited to see how it gets managed uh, that that's going to be one of the big questions this year. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you check back tomorrow for part two. We talk all things uh, Nationals fielding and lineup, so everything you want to know with the position players, that is coming tomorrow. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, please stay safe.